There were three great men in ancient times. Each one in a different field. But nevertheless, they were universally known, well-respected, successful, mentioned in the Tanakh as being great. The first was Yisrael. The second was Eov. And the third was Bilam. Really, there was one great man. The Ish HaGadol Ba'anokim. The greatest of the giants. The man who the whole world came to recognize and accepted upon themselves as a leader. The greatest of the greats. And that was Avram Avinu. These three famous men of old each tried to emulate one aspect of the greatness of Avram Avinu. Avram, the great philosopher, the great thinker, who examined every religion and creed and cult in the world, argued with its adherents and brought them to admit and accept the truth of the Creator. Avram, at the age of three, could see through the smokescreen of the universe and recognize it as a creator. Had the confidence and the clarity to withstand any form of Avodah That element of Avram was emulated by Yisrael. Yisrael also followed that track. And Yisrael also was the one to try and discard, reject all forms of idolatry. And eventually, the path of Yisrael led him to join the Bnei Avra. Yisrael became a gap. There was a second aspect to Avra. Not just Avram the philosopher, the thinker, the theologian, but Avram the tzaddik. Avram who perfected his midas. Avram who did chesed. Avram who cared for others. Avram was a Yerushalayim. The greatness of the individual. And this element of Avram was followed by Eov. Eov was also described in the Pasuk as being an Ishtam, like Avram was, Eov says about himself that he shared his wealth with others. He gave generously to the poor. He looked after the downtrodden and the despised. And in this way, Eov followed the footsteps of Avram the Tzadik. So much so, the Gemara tells us in Baba Basra that Hashem began to look at Eov as similar to Avram. However, as great as Eov was, Eov was not Avram. And whereas Avram was tested and remained steadfast, when Eov was tested, he fell. A great man, a tzaddik, a re'elokim. Someone who was called the tree on whose merit the nations of Canaan survived. 
someone who tried to follow in the footsteps of Avraham Avinu, he did become great. But he never became Avraham Avinu. And then we come to the third aspect of Avraham Avinu. Avraham, the leader. Avraham, who it says about him that all the Malchim, Mizrachum, Mairo, the kings of the east and the kings of the west, used to congregate at his doorstep. Avraham, who it says that all the nations gathered by the Eimek HaMelech, the valley of the kings, to accept him upon them as a ruler. Avraham, who even respected his word, his blessing, who Hashem told him, those who you bless are blessed, and those who you curse will be cursed. That was the third aspect of Avraham. And this was the aspect which Bilam tried to take. He also wanted to be the person who the whole world would respect. He said about himself that those who he curses are cursed, and those who he blesses are blessed. We find about him also that the kings of the East and the kings of the West used to come and take advice from him. And therefore, the three great men of yesteryear were mere reflections of aspects of the true greatest man, of Ramavino. If we talk about it in the terms of Machshava, the three levels of a person are the superficial part of the person, the one which presents itself to the public, the one seen in the public eye. Then there's a deeper level of a person by himself. A person struggles with his own nature, with his own midas, with his own sense of self, and the deepest level is a person's machshava, his mind, his thoughts. In the words of the Nefesh Chaim, what you call the Nefesh, which relates to the body, the Ruach, which relates to the spirit, the identity, and the machshava, which connects to Hashem. And if that's the case, the level of Machshava of Ram was echoed by Yisrael. The self-perfection of Avram was followed by Eov. And the external level of Avram, that which was seen by the rest of the world, that was tried to be emulated by Bilam. And therefore we have the Mishnah. What's between the students of Avram and the students of Bilam? Because whereas Yisrael eventually joined the nation of Avram, Eov tried to compare himself to Avram, Bilam was the antithesis of Avram. Let's explain the Mishnah. We're not asking what's the difference between a Tzadik and a Rasha. What's the difference between a Talmud of Bilam and a Talmud of Avram? Because Bilam tried to be like Avram. He tried to position himself as somebody who was also able to bless and to curse. Somebody who could prophesy, somebody who could get advice, somebody who wanted to be the spiritual conscience of all the kings. And if that's the case, Bilam presented himself as a Tzadik as an, an, an individual raised on a pedestal above the average man. And if that's the case, then Bilam also had Talmudim. 
people who try to follow his path. We're not talking about a Russia. One doesn't need to be a Talmud of a Russia. If a person wants to be a Russia, he can do it quite well in his own volition. There isn't lessons in Rishas which need to be learnt. We're talking here about Bilam who presented himself as similar to Avraham Avinu. Bilam who tried to portray himself as great, as somebody on a high spiritual level. And therefore Bilam also was someone who gathered Talmudim. And what's the difference between the greatness of Avram and the greatness of Bilam? Says the Mishnah, three things. By Avram, and the opposite was by Bilam. By Avram, he had a nefesh shvala, a ruach nemucha, and a ayin toiva. And by Bilam, it was the contrary. He had a nefesh rechava, a ruach kavaya, and a ayin ra. What are these three things? And why are they that what demonstrates most clearly and cuts to the core of the difference between Abraham and Bilam? In other words, what's the difference between a man who's truly great, the Abraham of Inu, and a man who's trying to demonstrate that he's great, but who truly isn't? Three things. The first, we know that there's a certain tension within the person. There's a side of Kedusha which tends to pull him up and elevate him. And there's a side of Tumah which tends to drag him down. A person is pulled in two directions. Is he going to rise to his Neshama or is he going to sink to his God? And what's the first sure sign of greatness of a person? Of a true greatness. The greatness of the students of Avraham Avinu is that the greater a person becomes, the more ruchni he becomes, then the more he detaches from his body. The more he distances himself from, from the Yetzirah of Oyla Mazet. The more he has a nefesh nemucha. And the, 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 what's negated to his nefesh, to his physical drives and physical wants, is minimal. We see by Avram, after conquering and despoiling the four kings and coming at the head of the wealth of the entire cities of Storm and Amora, he has no need for physical wealth. He returns it all to the last trueness, to the king of Storm. The sign of spiritual greatness is that as a person becomes more spiritual, he becomes less interested, less attached to the nefesh, to the world of Gashmis. Whereas the Bilams of the world, when a sister showed greatness, but in really, in truth, they're deeply entrenched, firmly enmeshed with the physical world, then they're going to have a nefesh rechova. They're going to have all the temptations and all the desires of the physical still there. Can you imagine going to a godel for advice, for a bracha? and being asked to pay premium policy rates. Can you imagine the God of demanding payment for his services? 
Ba'athas, it's so antithetical to what a godal is meant to be. A godal is somebody who's elevated himself. A godal is somebody who doesn't take an interest in the physical of the world. He's way, towering way above that. It would be slap us in the face as a contradiction if a man of that stature would be wanting money to be given a bracha. And therefore you should know that somebody who is in that category is the Talmud of Bina. He's not really great. If he's still that connected to his nefesh, to the physical within himself, he never really became great. If Bilam can say, Barak, I will do what you want with the terms of a house full of Kesef Azab, then that's a surefire sign of a not real greatness. If people can claim to be Mukubali, but charge for their services, for their tefillahs, for their amulets, and it's all about how much money one pays, what they get, then you should know. This is the Talmud of Bilam Arashim. That's not real greatness. The second step, a person who becomes great, becomes humble. Because real greatness is connection to Hashem. And the more a person connects to the unlimited, infinite, unparalleled greatness of Hashem, the more he sees himself as being inferior, the more he sees himself as being inadequate. And the more a person is exposed to greatness, the, the, the reflection of the person himself is he sees himself as being less and less. And therefore a sign of true greatness is a sign of humility. Because the more a person does connect to Hashem, the more a person realizes by comparison his own inadequacy, his own insignificance. And therefore the greater the individual the more humility there's going to be. Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest of the prophets, was the honor of the Galadah. Avram Avinu, the greatest of the greats, the godless Shabbat could say about himself, I'm dust, dust and ashes. The sign of true greatness, of connection to greatness, is realizing in comparison the person's own inadequacy. But, for a person who's showing himself as being great, but isn't really becoming great, he's not connecting to Hashem. He's just pushing himself above everybody else around him. He's building himself a stage to stand on. And he's making himself great by the implication that everybody else is less than me. And therefore, for the person who's showing himself as being great, but is not in reality great, you're going to see a very developed covet, a very demanding sense of gain, a superior attitude to everybody else, because that's the way a person promotes themselves in relation to other people. But there's no real greatness, because that person did not come closer to Hashem. And that's the bina. That's the second tray, the second, tra- the second character flaw you're going to find in the bina's. In those who make themselves great but aren't really great. And that is Ruach Gavai. The more they feel they're great, the more they promote themselves as being great, the more that feeds into their sense of pride, into their gaiva. As opposed to the Ramavinu. The greater he becomes, 
the more he realizes his own limitations when he's standing in the presence of Hashem. Then we get to the third point. We said first, greatness means detachment from physical. Greatness means connection to Hashem. And the third point also. Greatness means enjoying the closeness that Hashem brings. Enjoying Ruchness, enjoying Torah, enjoying doing mitzvahs. And what's the surefire sign that somebody's enjoying something? When I'm enjoying something, what I have, it doesn't begin to interest me what someone else has. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It doesn't enter my mind. I'm enjoying what I have and that's all I need. It's only when a person doesn't enjoy what they have that they look to console themselves that what they have is better than other people. At least I've got more than him. Or, I feel jealous that he has more than me. Let me give you a motion. If a person goes to a restaurant and is given a menu, in the oven, what would you like? What do you feel like eating? And you'll scan the menu and you look for the dish that appeals to him the most, his favorite food. He's going to order that. And it's brought to him, he's enjoying his dinner. Would it occur to him to get up and look around and see what's everyone else eating? What's the difference? Why is it going to contribute to your enjoyment to know what the person next to you is eating instead? I'm enjoying what I've taken, chosen for myself, and I'm happy with that. The other person doesn't interest me. Not for good, not for bad. But if I'm, I'm not unhappy with what I've got, then I'm going to look into my neighbor's place and see if maybe he's got something better. If I'm not enjoying what I have, then I look to compare to somebody else. And this is true not just in food, but in every level. A person satisfied with what he has. He has no Indian, he has no interest, and he has nothing to gain by trying to look at other people. Not if they have more, and not if they have less. It's only if the person is dissatisfied with what he has, that he looks to other people. And he looks jealously to see what other people have, or he looks to promote them and see that he's better than whatever other people have. A person who's sameach b'chelko, he's happy with what he has, has no interest and no need to look beyond what he has to see what other people have. And it's the same point over here. When a person is growing, and therefore the simcha sachayim he has, the enjoyment he gets is from his own growth. When a person is learning, and the geshmak he gets is his own understanding, then the other person doesn't begin to focus, to filter into his consciousness. It doesn't make a difference. That's ayin type. The ayin is the concept of the machshav of the person. What a person thinks about and for the person who is satisfied with himself, who is happy with his growth, who is enjoying his own life. So he looks to everybody else with an eye type, they should enjoy themselves too, they should have what they need, they should be happy. It's not going to impact on me if other people enjoy themselves too. But when the person is inherently unhappy, he's unsatisfied, he doesn't feel fulfilled, then the only fulfillment I get is by looking to other people and comparing myself to them. And if I have more than them, then I get a certain sadistic pleasure that I have more than other people have. And if I have less than them, then it's with an iron rod. 
I look to them with the jealousy that I'm unhappy that they have more than me. And that's the third middle of the Bedos. Those who aren't really growing, deep down, don't feel the satisfaction, the contentment with where they are. And therefore they're always looking to those who have with an iron rod. Bedom tried to not emulate Abraham Avinu, but he tried to build the facade of somebody who emulates Abraham Avinu. And whereas Abraham Avinu was accepted by the world as the Prince of Hashem because he was really great, Bedom tried to present himself also as somebody, of, as a Navi of Hashem, but it was all fake. It was a facade. Bedom was not really great. But how do you see through that? How do you see through, so to speak, the veneer of greatness which Bilam painted over himself? The mask which Bilam wore. Where the telltale signs of the difference between a great person and a person who's trying to show himself as being great. What's the difference between the Talmudim of Avraham Avinu, who follow the tracks of Avraham Avinu, and are looking to become great people. And the Talmudim of Bilam, who are looking for the popularity, for the acclaim, for the covet of people thinking they're great, says the Mishnah three things. A great person rises above his nefesh. Somebody who's still focusing on physical enjoyments, on money, on what this world has to offer, is not a great person. A great person connects to Hashem. And therefore, in comparison, he feels humbled. A not great person just tries to advance himself and show himself to be above and superior to everybody else. He'll have a rock of life. A great person finds satisfaction in his avoider. The enjoyment of his, of his growth in Ruchnius, the enjoyment of his level, provides him with an overflowing amount of happiness. He doesn't need to look at everyone else. And the person who's not really great feels that lack of real fulfillment and tries to fill it by looking to other people and comparing himself to them, the Ayn Rath. And that brings us to the final point. Avraham Avinu's growth path involved all three. Involved his mind, his ability to see the truth, his ability to discard every form of our Vedasara cult, creed, religion as it's for, for its falseness and expose its lies. It started from his Makshal. Avram Avinu then developed himself. His Midas, his Chesed, his Yerushimayim, his Ruh. And eventually, at, at the last stage, it came to the stage where the whole world looked up to and appreciated Avram for the great to see what that he had attained, for the God that he was. It has to start that direction. Yisrael began from the right point. 
he also started from the point of the makshav, of the understanding. He also went the route of examining and discarding each form of Avedazara, and in the end, Yisra, Jankal Yisra. Iyav, his focus was on the being a tzadik like Avram. And he became a tzadik like Avram. So much so that, like we said, the Gemara says, that Hashem began to compare him to Avram. But when it came to Nisiyanis, and what was needed was the clarity of the the clarity of the mindset that everything's from Hashem. As much as Yah was a tzaddik, he made a mistake. He was still remained a tzaddik, but he was missing the machshav of Avraham. He was missing the clarity of Avraham. But the Nisayan, wherever the Nisayan was going to be, that led Avraham to, so to speak, pass the Nisayan successfully. And lastly, Bilam. But only took the most external level of Avram. The way people perceived him, the way people appreciated him, the way people respected him. And he tried to model himself on just that external level of Avram. There was nothing deeper than just a facade. There was no growth at all. There was no greatness at all. Bilam was just an empty shell of trying to compare himself to somebody who was truly great. And that's what the Mishnah concludes. The Talmud Avraham Avinu. Those who've really grown, have really become great, this world and the world to come. And those who follow Bilam are Anshay Mirma. People of deceit. People who've just made a facade of greatness when there's nothing deeper than that. There's nothing beyond it. And therefore, there's no growth and there's no future. Yes, the world knew of three great men. The world respected three great men, asked for their advice, and looked to their leadership. But in reality, they're all mere reflections of aspects of the godless Shabbanaki, of Abraham Ovino. We as Kaisra are entrusted to walk the walk follow the path and learn and become Talmudim of the true greatest of Ramavina.